0: Uh, But we are going to have one uh, passage to look at tonight. Uh, Again, I don't have a prepared message. I've got a few things right here, so I don't forget these. But you can open up to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. And uh, still on the subject, really continuing from this morning about... uh, uh, We're going into war. Remember the sound of the shofar? And soon you're going to be receiving your instructions... Now, based on what the Lord has told us at the beginning of this year, give me this year in unprecedented prayer and fasting and worship and everything that we do. That tells me that we probably have the year. Okay. But I'm expecting somewhere right around January 1st that life as we have known it is over. And even after the election, things are going to get either way that it goes either way. It's going to life is going to be different, and so what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is uh, two things, really, and I, I don't know which direction really he's going to go, and I don't care. I just, my job now is to follow him through the service. he's teaching me how to do that better than before. But we have to prepare for war for one thing, and of course, we've been doing that. we know that, but I, he's going to drive a couple of points home tonight for each one of us individually, okay. Secondly, something he was showing me even this afternoon—he's got to give us eyes to see from his perspective. We have to see things how the Lord looks at it, not how politics looks at it, not how the church looks at it—the traditional church, even us, you know. So let's let's go to the first part: uh, preparing for war. Um, Yes. So this is my Bible tonight. Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll a little bit slow through here. Finally, my brethren. Now, finally means this is in conclusion, based on everything that he's already said in this letter. And the Ephesians, the, the, the book of Ephesians, is packed with revelation knowledge. I mean, it is an amazing, amazing book, what all's in there. We spent a whole year, virtually a year, just in the book of Ephesians a few years back. But he's saying, finally, in conclusion... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, it's so perfect how he worded that. Because Christians, we keep trying to be strong ourselves. And that's not really the secret of the Christian life. The secret of the Christian life is Christ in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I here lately, he's been having me say it this way. For hundreds and hundreds of years, God gave unregenerate man the law and said, keep it. And every generation proved they couldn't do it. Why? Because there was a fatal flaw on the inside of man that no matter, like the Roman seven guy, he loved God. He, he found God's law. He said, okay, I'll keep the law. He, he, he set out with all of his willpower. I'm going to do it. But he found out like everybody else, he couldn't do it. So he couldn't do it in his own strength. So God had to make a new covenant. He says, all oh, right, I agree with you. You, you. you can't do it. What if I put my strength inside of you? Could you do it then? That's the new covenant. Christ in us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because his might in us empowers us to do everything. Okay. It's a whole new covenant. And finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. that He's concluding his whole letter. The whole purpose of the new covenant. God has come on the inside now. To bring his strength in you. So you can walk a righteous life. And so we can do the signs and wonders. The same way that the original did. Remember the orange seed? Well Jesus is the original seed. And that's why he said. The works that I do. Shall you do also. And greater than these. But that seed does have to come to maturity. And we're in that process right now. Okay. But staying with what Paul said. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on. Well, how am I going to be strong in the Lord? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, let's stop a minute. What if you don't put it on? You're going to be able to stand? We're going to war. We are going to war. And you better have the armor on. I remember again in Sunday school when I was five or six or seven and they'd, they'd, now stand up little kids and let's put on the armor of God and we pretend and we'd put on the belt of truth and put on our, had little songs that we'd sing and, well that's cute. (laughs) We don't send children to war, do we? So, I'm gonna ask you like this, because this is how he's been asking me. You know, Gary, are you ready? I feel like Peter now. Lord thou knowest. I don't even want to answer. If he's asking me that, I'm thinking probably not. <laughs> Are you ready? Uh, Lord, thou knowest. What, what dost thou meanest by thy question, you know? Well, let's start going through. Okay, we'll stay with the... See, we're not going to war against flesh and blood like Joshua, like they did in the Old Testament. If we're This war is going to bring our nation back it's going to bring God's kingdom back not just to America but all over the world but in order to do that we've got a warfare to do but it's not really with politicians not really it's not really with people of any kind not really it seems like it is but we are wrestling against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places and because that's the case we have to have this armor on Or we're not going to stand. Now, even as I say that, I prophesy, we're going to win. I want to say, I'll be nice to you. We're going to win whether Gary makes it or not. Okay? I'll be nice to you. But it's the truth. God's going to get this done. God heard our prayers. God has forgiven. God is going to heal this land. He's going to heal the earth. We're going to have a billion soul harvest. I agree with that. That, my spirit jumped first time I heard that. When you get on board with that. Yes. A billion souls. Well, we only got 300 million or so in America. So he's sure talking about more than just a USA being saved. Isn't that right? Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now let me ask again, what if you don't have it on? See, he's not kidding here. This is not just something to read in church. If you're going to be one of the warriors that endure this battle, you've got to have this armor on or you're not going to be able to stand. And that's why Paul is writing it the way he is. Stand, therefore. Then he starts talking about all of these parts of the armor. And I thank God for Pastor Dave who lovingly and relentlessly lovingly took us through these pieces of armor again and again. It took me, I don't know how many years to really get it, what he was saying. But I think I've got it now. So stand therefore, let me just read them and then I'm going to comment. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Oh my God. Well, I'll come back to it. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation. I'm going to stop right there because that's the end of the defensive armor. The next two, the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and praying always. That is our offensive weapons. Now, I'm going to teach a seminar in 10 minutes. You Ready? You ready? All right. I'm I'm serious. (laughs) I've done this before, one piece at a time, and taken a long time to do it. But warriors, do you have your armor on? Before we even start talking about the sword of the Spirit and, and the kind of prayer he's talking about here. Now, this is not the kind of prayer we're doing right now in preparation. Okay, let me just prophesy it this way. January 1, we're going to war. There was a D-Day, wasn't there? A day? All right. I don't know if that's January 1 is right or not. But he said give us this year, so I'm thinking. Soldiers, I'm the drill instructor. You, you've you been in boot camp. That's what this year is, is boot camp. Training. Getting past emotions, getting past reasonings, getting past our own flesh. Get your hiney down here and pray, you outfit. <laughs> you know what it is. And then you got to deal with whatever he shows you while you're praying. Okay. But now we're getting ready to to it's D day. I'm I'm inspecting the troops. Let me, let me. We're getting ready to go to war. I'm about you're about to get in those those boats and go across the channel. And I'm looking at you. I'm, I'm the drill instructor. I'm, I'm with you guys. Okay. The drill instructor comes up and says, let me see. Let me check your armor. Make sure you got your armor on. All right. Belt of truth. All of you have quit lying, right? Nobody's telling any more lies. Because that is what the belt of truth is. Remember when Dave taught it? That is the belt of truth. Not only do you always speak his word, your word is always the truth. Always. And I don't care what it costs you. Let me, let me inspect your armor. And I'm not looking at anybody on purpose. On purpose, I'm not. Have <laughs> you quit lying, got that on? All right, let's go to the next piece. Breastplate of righteousness. You're not involved in any sin, are you? We're past that, right? We got, got that breastplate of righteousness on. And yes, we have His righteousness, but His righteousness makes you strong to walk righteously. Now, if you're still involved in fornication, especially the deadly ones, fornication, adultery, drunkenness, the ones listed, that if you do in these, you're not going to make the kingdom of heaven, you're not ready for war. And we've only got October, the rest of October, November, and December. We don't have long left in boot camp. And if you're still in, and I'm to everybody, not just the ones here, this is this is their drill instructor night. <laughs> this is in, this is armor inspection. But you need to do it your own self. Are you walking in righteousness? If you haven't yet dealt with that sin, deal with it. Do it now. Be strong in the Lord. He has enabled you to put it away. Put it away. You're going to war, and if you don't put it away, you're going to be a casualty. That's, that's plainly what he's saying. If you don't have this armor on, you're not going to be able to stand. See right now, the picture I'm seeing is that old black and white news clip that they always show of the D-Day invasion and showing those brave men coming off of those ducks and the ducks, you know what I mean? Those boats where the front guns down and they're running, just men with rifles. And boy, they're getting mowed down. A lot of them never even make it to the sand. They just fall dead in the water. Well. I don't want to be one of those casualties. That's the end. That, thank God for every one of them. Thank God for for every one of them. But still, you can love God and make heaven and still be a casualty of war on this earth. Isn't that right? So this is armor inspection night. (laughs) Maybe that's the, (laughs) all right, let's look at the third one. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Boy, that was a tough one. It took Dave forever to get that one across to me. You ever hear his series, Peace, the aggressive weapon of God? And I'm not saying I'm totally there yet, but he's talking about, do you walk in peace? That's why it's connected with the feet. And he's, it's, uh, uh he's using the Roman, um, army uniform armor that the Roman soldiers used and their sandals at the time were technologically superior to any other army on earth. They, they actually came up the calf and had laces that came up. There was little sharp things on the bottom for traction. And I mean, they were amazing so that no matter when the enemy comes to push you back, man, you could dig your feet in and you're going to stand and actually you're going to go forward. See, well, what causes that for a Christian? supernatural peace my peace i give you not as the world gives well the world gives peace when your circumstances are great god's peace is peace no matter what's going on around you and there is a place where you can walk in the peace of god and it is absolutely necessary for where we're going That doesn't mean you're always going to be happy. I don't think Wormbrandt was happy as they're poking red-hot irons through his body. I don't think he was, yay. (laughs) I don't think he was happy, but he was still full of peace. Whether I live, whether I die, Lord. If I live, I live for you. If I die, I die for you. Like my friend that time that was having the symptoms of a heart attack and he couldn't get it to stop. And finally he said, Lord, I'm going to lay down. I'll either see you in the morning or I'll see you in a few minutes. <laughs> but that's peace, really. He was okay, you know. So I, the way I word that on my inspection, let me, let me, let me check you. The, the drill instructor, the inspector of the armor is here. Have you quit worrying? Because that's peace. Have you quit? Are your circumstances still able to throw you over into worrying? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Gary, are you 100% walking there? Going on to the next one. (laughs) I do a lot better than I used to. A lot better than I used to. By January 1, I'll be walking in it more than I am right now. Because he's building that in all of us. This is part of the armor. Paul himself, the instructions that Paul gave are very clear. Think on these things. You can, in the letter of Philippians... Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is lovely, whatever is of a good report, whatever is this and this and this, think on these things and the God of peace will be with you. And I always like to put there, and if you don't, he won't. You want to walk in peace? It's a command. Think on these things. Don't think on other things. Well, what's always a good report? God's word. God's Word is always a good report. It's always true. It's always lovely. It's always peaceful. may not be peaceful in your circumstances, but it's peace on the inside. But we've got to actually walk in this and not just talk about it and not just play little... It's The day for Sunday school putting on armor, little kids, is over. You need to walk in peace. Now, the shield of faith. See, I used to get the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit completely mixed up. But he's talking about above all, There's a reason he says that. Above all, take the shield of faith wherewith you can quench every fiery dart of the wicked. Every fiery, flaming arrow, some translations say. The perfect illustration of that is Jesus being attacked in the wilderness. Perfect. Here comes the flaming arrows. We have three temptations that the enemy fired at Jesus trying to take him out. What is the shield? How did he use the shield of faith? He spoke. The written word of God. It is written. Then he would speak it. It is written. He would speak it. It is written. He would speak it. But did you notice he didn't go. Whoops. There's a temptation. Give me 30 days. I'll be right back. I need to go study my Bible. And figure out what to say. I, I got to see what God says about that. And then I'll be right back. Don't fire no more arrows at me. Will that work? See in order to do that. In order to use the shield. You got to be full of the word of God. I mean full of it. I, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart. it's If you're going to use the shield, your heart, not just your mind, your heart has to be full of the Word of God. Preparation ahead of time. Gee, I wish we had a pastor that would teach us how to assimilate the Word of God so that we could be full. Full of the New Testament, or we we would be equipped for day and night meditation. Don't you wish? Or wait a minute, we have that pastor. His name is Dave Roberson, and hopefully, you that's here and you that's been a, a connected, assimila- Listen to Dave's series. It's free. <laughs> go to DaveRoberson.org. Go to series and scroll down till you get to assimilation. And there it is he 'll show you how to do it. You have time to do it you can You can assimilate the New Testament between now and January first. Yeah, well, that sounds like i got to do something. Welcome to boot camp you know that's how see that 's the shield of faith. You speak what God says was Sue and I have been through that when when our lovely three daughters all went into rebellion at the same time and it looked terrible looked scary we didn't know what to do and that boy the flaming arrows were coming like crazy you know and he gave us that wonderful scripture over i think it's isaiah 49 i'd have to go look it up but and these you know he says, I will contend with him that contends with thee, and I will save thy children. Boy, we had our verse. We had we held that shield up, and we got so full we would confess over our daughters to each other, and you say, Why well, and we would know they were out in the bars and they were drinking and they were doing all this stuff, but you say, How are your daughters doing? We were full. I mean, As long as you wanted to stand there, our daughters are the handmaidens of the Lord. They love Jesus with all of their heart. They serve the Lord their God and nobody else will they serve. They prophesy. They cast out devils. How long you want to stand there? We learned what the shield of faith was. That's not even the sword of the Spirit. That's the shield of faith. I used to get them confused because I never heard it right. Because the sword of the Spirit and the shield are two different things. Uh, You know what's been a big part of the problem? The church has tried to go to war with a shield instead of a sword. We have. We don't even know what the sword is. Most of the church doesn't. I didn't know it for years. So I'm trying to fight the enemy. I'm trying to go on the offensive with a shield. And the enemy laughs, you know. No, that's what you use when you're under attack. That's what Jesus used when he was under attack. Just check it out for yourselves. See, okay, no. goddamn. Peace. See, I'm walking in peace right now. (laughs) I'm having a good time. You came, I can't help you. (laughs) I'm on a more and more I'm on an assignment. Can you tell that? I'm learning what it is along with you. Okay, so let's take let's don't go by I don't want to jump ahead to the short to the sword. Now listen. Be full of the word. If you're not, get full. You got three months. If you don't know what assimilation is, I'm not going. I don't have time to teach it tonight. It's free for you. Most of you know. Most of you could teach it, but the question is, have you done it? See, be full. Be full of God's word. That so that whenever whenever any flaming arrow comes, it is written. It is written. You quench every fire. See, and that's above everything. That's a that's what helps protect your belt of truth. It protects your righteousness. It That shield that they carried was a big shield. And it covered everything. See, Above all, taking the shield of faith. Okay, let's move on now. Because the last defensive piece of the armor is the helmet of salvation. Well, what is that? My favorite definition of that is something I heard a preacher. I don't even know his name. It's so long ago. He said, at some point you're going to have to start believing that you are a Christian. (laughs) Now, that sounds so simple. But what he's saying is, your mind has to be renewed. It's really Romans 12.2. Your mind has to become renewed. See, a helmet comes down over your mind, doesn't it? Doesn't it protect the mind? And you have got to come to that place... Where you believe what everything about yourself that God says about you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. When you pray, He does answer. When all of every, you are His beloved. Uh, he, you, you are His child. You, you hear His voice. See, you no longer that doubt. No, I hear His voice. I'm His child. I'm His sheep. I hear His voice. I, I know Him. That has to come down. At, that's your helmet. That you're so the way. So if I was inspecting, I'm going. Did you get past doubt? You don't doubt anymore who you are. You know who I like. You know who you are, where you're from, why you're here. No longer doubting. Well, you know, no. A soldier needs to know he's a soldier, and needs to know that he's got the backing of the the entire military force behind him. When he's going out on the front lines. You see, you see the analogy? God is for you, not against you. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. God is on my side. I'm on his side. We're in this together. Get past the doubt. Jesus said that the person that this works for is the person that says to the mountain and doubts not in his Heart, but believes that what he says shall come to pass, that person has whatever he says. Well, that is primary. We've got to have that as we go into battle against the enemy. Because our, I'll tell you right now, big part of our, our weaponry is words. So that brings us to the, so right there, that helmet of salvation. Now that, fin- that finishes the defensive part. But now he gets into going on the attack. Because God's going to use us to take back this nation for Himself. You hear me? And it's warfare. And a big part of that, the first one we have is the sword of the Spirit. Now for years I thought it was speaking the Word of God because it says the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. But here it uses the word rhema, not the word logos. When John is describing Jesus... The pre-incarnate Jesus, he said, "In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God." Well, that's every time he uses the word there, he's using the Greek word Logos, because Jesus is the complete, full revelation of God. He says, uh, "He is the in Him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily." Okay. But in Hebrews, it says in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, God, who at divers times and various ways spoke to us in times past by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Well, listen, the Son has always been the Logos. But the Son became a man and came to speak a rhema to us, something we didn't have before. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And you can't, you can see types and shadows of it in the old covenant, but you don't get the meat of it until Jesus brought it to us. Alright? So the Logos brought us the Rhema that we call the Gospel. Boy, I'm preaching good tonight. Man, it's good stuff right there, see? Well, didn't we have to watch how Jesus did it? So, okay, we, we see him. He is crowned as the last Adam when he's baptized by John. He has to succeed where the first Adam fell. He goes into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's where the first Adam fell. This Adam is victorious. He has won that part of the battle. Now it's time to go take ground away from the devil. And it's just like World War II when our, our military soldiers when they finally come into Poland and Germany and they found Auschwitz and Birkenau and Treblinka and Dachau and they found all of these prisoners behind that were still behind the gates, still being held prisoner. Jesus, he come to see the man with the withered hand and he goes, that's a prisoner of war. That man's being held captive by the enemy. He set the man free. Finds that woman bowed over for 18 years. That's a prisoner of war. I've come to set the captive free. And watch how he does it. He doesn't walk up and start quoting Scripture. He speaks the Word of God. He speaks a command. And the Holy Spirit does. Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. That's the sword of the Spirit. When your lips become God's lips, and what you speak is what God's saying, the Holy Ghost anoints that, and the power of God has come. I mean, your lips are His lips. Your words are His words. Glory to God. That's the sword of the Spirit, see? And the church is going to be... I did it for years. I hold up the shield. Wonder why it's not working. No. It's when you realize that what you say shall come to pass. But that requires intimate fellowship with Him. Now this... The other part is prayer. Now, I'm not even hardly going to touch on prayer tonight because he says praying always with all prayer. Not just tongues. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. That's a big topic. We're not going to try and... I did a mic drop thing a few weeks ago. Remember that? Uh, one last sentence. You know you're maturing when you finally come to the understanding that w- your prayer is more powerful than anything you can do. Amen. Mic drop. Bam. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So we have two offensive weapons. One, we have got to come to the place. It's Mark it's no it's Mark eleven, twenty two, twenty three, and twenty four that when we speak, we literally are speaking with the very lips of God. We are speaking the mind of God. We are it's no less than if God got your your lips and somehow spoke them. Let me bar your lips. Boom. And he speaks it. When you speak it, you're speaking. For God. You're literally. Which is the sword of the spirit. Which is the Rama, The right now speaking of God. You watch Jesus. Never once did he even pray for the sick. Not, not then. I, those all night times in prayer. That's all. The, you know fellowship and intimacy. But when it's, on, when it's warfare time. And he's come to set the captives free. Like they did at Birkenau and Auschwitz. And let them go. When he's come to set the captives free, he, that's not the time for prayer. That's the time for authority. That is time to speak the command of God that the Holy Spirit will enforce and, and command the will of God on planet earth in his name. Everything I'm saying, of course, is in his name. If you're not doing it all in his name, none of it works anyhow. Now, all prayer. Right now, he's got us. In the purging prayer. He's got us praying a whole lot in the Holy Ghost. Now, not only has he got everything Dave taught us. You know, he's got that searchlight going around on the inside of each one of us. Looking for anything that that still has got to be purged. Maybe we are still lying. Maybe we're still playing with some little sin. Maybe we're playing with some big sin. Maybe we're still, huh, you know, we worry. Whatever it is, this is the season... Every hour you're giving him praying in other tongues where he's searching anywhere in you so you can we can get purged of that stuff. That's part of what's happening right now. That's part of the all prayer. The other part of the all prayer is like the intercession they're doing on Saturday mornings in there. Specific prayers for specific needs. Another part of it is praying for our nation. Praying for this election that's coming up. Praying for... Leaders and all that are in authority, just like it says in the letter to Timothy. And uh, but there's also he's praying the perfect plan of God. He's every hour that I see Rachel down here, it's like the Holy Spirit. He absolutely has pulled Rachel's file in heaven. He absolutely knows God's plan for Rachel. And every hour that she's spending praying, same for each of you. I just you know, it, you're literally praying God's plan. Now get this. As if you already knew it. You're literally praying as if you already knew it, because He already does. You're praying your own path, God's path for you out in front of you, with the authority that you have with your lips, that God can answer that and say, Okay, good, I can put you right where I right right in my perfect will. Man. I'm preaching really good tonight. Liking it myself. But here's another part, and I'm going to take the last 10 minutes, and I don't have anything prepared on this at all. This was this afternoon. <clears throat> As I was doing my best to roll that whole message this morning, reviewing, I did you know, reviewing it myself inside. It, it wasn't posted yet. She's already got it posted now. I've already getting comments from Australia about it. What a world we live in. See. God's going to get us past this whole political thing. And I'll tell you how he's doing it. I'm just going to use this one. I'm just praying. Who knows? I was just on the couch there praying. And I saw a little movie. Now, before I even tell you this, do you remember reading in the paper within the last two weeks, a sister tried to stop the mother from stabbing her little sister to death? Did you all see that? Well, I did. And, of course, everybody's horrified. Now, the woman has a history of mental illness, okay? I don't know the whole story, but everyone is horrified that a mother would take a knife for whatever whatever reason. And it wasn't an adult daughter. This was a child, little child. I can't remember, like three years. I mean, little child. Killed her. Killed her with a knife. The other daughter tried to stop her and couldn't stop her. And she wound up killing her and of course everybody's outraged well I'm sitting on the couch and I'm praying this afternoon and this little movie began to play in my mind what if I looked out my window and I saw my neighbor across the street and they got a three year old daughter and I see her running around the yard with a knife trying to kill her three year old daughter what if I saw it what am I supposed to do am I supposed to just sit there God forbid that I would see that and not act on it. And so, in my little movie playing on the inside of me, I, man, I dash out the door. I'm yelling and screaming. I'm running across there. I'm going to stop this woman. I don't even know, I don't even know any of this. I don't need to know nothing. You're not going to kill that baby. You're not going to kill that child. Trouble is, in my little movie, I got stopped by two policemen. On the way. so said, you don't understand in this country, we allow mothers to kill their children. Now, from God's perspective, of course, we're talking about abortion. From God's perspective, is that political? That's got nothing to do with politics. That's got to do with life and death, right and wrong, righteousness and darkness. And we are going to stop it. Now, God's not looking at this like no political thing. He's looking at it. You go support the helpless. You defend those that can't defend themselves. And he's talking about not only the little children, but the orphans and the widows and all of that. That's not political. God doesn't see it as political. He sees it as his will. This is what I want, and I don't want mothers killing their babies. Now, I will grant you this. The answer is not Changing that law, although we got to change that law. God forbid that we pass unrighteous laws in this nation. But the real answer is not passing the law. The real answer is a change of heart. And if if she is mentally ill, the ability to get her unmentally ill in the name of Jesus, get her healed, to get that devil cast out. But the vast majority of these abortions are not based on mental illness. They're based on my best life now. I don't want to be encumbered with the expense and the responsibility. Now come on. But he was just showing me, don't back off. He's telling me personally, I don't know what he's telling you, but I don't know, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> but he's telling me personally, don't you dare back off. He's showing me that on purpose. This is not political. Not, this is not the way I see it. I want to, I want you to see this the way I see it. I see it as murder and it's got to be stopped and don't you dare sit on your couch and watch it at your window anymore. Church, wake up. Wake up. The days of silence are over. I'm prophesying again. We're going to not only stop that, we're going to take back the school system in this nation. You hear me? We're going to have prayer back in the schools. We're going to have Bible study in our schools again. Harvard and Yale and all of those universities that started off for the glory of God, we're going to take them back. But we're not going to do it sitting on the couch. It's going to be war. And it's gonna be bloody, and it's gonna be expensive, and it's not gonna be pleasant, and they're gonna, there's gonna be resistance, and, but it's really not the people. You gotta, you gotta always love the people. The warfare is against principalities and powers, and the rulers of darkness. That's why we've got to have this armor on, or we'll be destroyed. We'll be destroyed. He says, that you may be able to stand. If words mean anything, if you don't have this armor on, you're not going to be able to stand. My hmm. preaching, my preaching. Hallelujah! So, see, he's doing something. I can't hardly even talk about it. There's something rising up on the inside of me. It's some kind of intercession I don't know much about, but it's something. But listen, God I heard those prayers. God is coming. I'm telling you, God is coming. And hes it's the Lord of hosts coming, the Lord of angel armies. I'm telling you, you better be here in the shofar because the war is coming. You better be in the boot camp and be serious about this. And, thank God. and again, every time I preach this, you guys are the ones that are here all the time. We're good. <laughs> but I hope where you are. Anywhere you are in America, around the world, God, we love each and every one of you in every country that's locked arms with us for this same vision because God is the God of the world, not just the God of the United States. He hates abortion in any country. He hates unrighteousness in any country. If He's going to win a billion souls, and He is, that's going to be way more than just in America. This this real revival is going to sweep around the earth, in Africa, in Asia in Australia, in Europe, in South America, all the, the whole, everywhere. Even the penguins in Antarctica. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> if there's anybody living down there in Antarctica, he's going to get them too, though. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the seventh continent. Hallelujah. i got a fire in me. I've got a fire in me. And the, the more I do this message, the hotter it gets. And I'm not planning on backing up. And I'm not planning on going back to being a nice little Christian and being quiet while the devil takes my country away. No, sir. No, sir. Not on your best day. And if you want to call me political? He doesn't call it political. He calls it life and death, light and dark, righteousness and sin. And bless God, I'll tell you another thing. The money is going to... The devil having all the money, that's stopping because these same principalities and powers are also controlling that money flow. And it's the same weapons that cuts it loose. Same way you set the captives free, he's showing me. And I don't know much about it yet. But the same way that you set the captives free, you set the money free. I don't know much about that yet, but I'm going to learn about it. Things are going to change. God bless America. I found it again. Uh, In fact, let me see if I could find it. Give me just a second now. I don't know if I can do this or not. Well, I I'm I, Sue and I read a wonderful book years ago. It's out of print now. It's called The Light and the Glory, which is just a fabulous book. Peter Marshall and another man wrote it together. It's out of print. Uh, I did find one copy that uh, I ordered. For, it's on the way. But we still have our old copy that's weathered. It was written in 1977, but it's just fabulous if you can get a copy of it. Um, It might be available. It's it's been out there so long, it might be in the public domain by now. So somebody, you might search a PDF and see if you can find it online for free. It might be by now. But what I'm trying to find is the, I mentioned a couple of times about the Jamestown Compact. Hang on here. See if I put it in the reading list. I did. Give me just a moment. I'm not going to read this whole article. But I want to find, I told you, see, I read, I read this this afternoon. Now, this is talking about the not the Mayflower. Most Americans are more familiar with the Mayflower than they are the trip coming to Jamestown. Okay. But I'm going to pick it up here. After a difficult journey that included the death of one of the colonists in the Caribbean, and the imprisonment of a soldier named John Smith on dubious charges of mutiny that were later dismissed many of the colonists had nearly given up hope of ever arriving in the new world then on april 26 after enduring a violent thunderstorm that caused the sailors to bring down their sails the colonists finally saw land in the distance and they had arrived in virginia the ships entered the mouth of the chesapeake bay and set anchor just beyond just beyond the atlantic ocean they named the place Cape Henry after King James's son, Henry, Prince of Wales. Before permitting the sailors to continue with the work of looking for a permanent home, Reverend Hunt required that each of the colonists wait on the ship for three days. Now, they've arrived. There's the land. They're docked. I mean, they're what the anchor is down. He won't let them off the ship for three days. Because he wanted them to have a time of personal examination and repentance first for three days. The journey had been filled with difficulty and infighting among the colonists. And if they were to consecrate consecrate the land for God's purposes, Hunt wanted the company to be contrite in heart. Though the ships they sailed upon were very small, the Virginia Company leadership insisted that they carry each one of them carry an item from England for the purpose of giving glory to God in the endeavor. Now, this is the company that sent the ships that paid for it. What what were what was each ship required to carry? A rough-hewn wooden cross. And after the three days had passed, Hunt led the party to the wind-swept shore where they erected the seven-foot oak cross in the sand. The colonists and sailors gathered around the cross, holding the first formal prayer service in Virginia to give thanksgiving for God's mercy and grace in bringing them safely to this new land. As they knelt in the sand, Hunt reminded them of the admonition of the British Royal Council taken from the Holy Scripture, quote, every plantation which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up, end of quote. Raising his hands to heaven, Reverend Robert Hunt claimed the land for country and king and concentrated the continent to the glory of God. In response to the vision, uh, Reverend Hunt stood as representative of the king, the church, and the people of England in a sacred moment and dedicated the new continent to the purpose of God. This was the first official act by the English in the New World. In covenant language, he declared quote, From these very shores the gospel shall go forth to not only this New World, but the entire world. This nation from the beginning was for the glory of God and for the gospel. Of his kingdom. And he is going to make it that again. In Jesus name. I got to stop. Hallelujah. I'll have some of this prepared later. And something that we can pass out. So you can have it. Spell Shopify. S-H-O-P-I-F-Y. Shopify. Shopify.com has a free PDF. So that's even cheaper. I thought it was probably out there. Since it's that old. Usually after 25 years.